Hey everybody, welcome back to the Echo Outdoors podcast. Um, I'd like to start this episode off with a little apology because one of my goals, one of my main goals for the podcast this upcoming year was to be a lot more consistent in my production of episodes. That's one of the reasons I brought Caleb in. And the past couple, past month, two months has been anything but consistent. Um, I, I'm, I'm addicted to turkey season, just to be honest with you. Um, I fall apart. It consumes my every waking thought and moment to the point where I start rearranging my life around turkey season. And um, I aim to do better. I, pr- I promise you guys I'm going to do the best I can not to let this kind of thing happen again. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna grow up. I'm going to be an adult and uh, start being more responsible and dedicating time to the things I need to dedicate time to. But with that being said, that was one of the that was the idea behind this upcoming episode was I wanted to talk, sit down and talk to Caleb about how hunting and um, in general has affected our lives and our obligations and how we kind of work everything around to either work our lives around hunting or work hunting into our lives and how that kind of um, affects us now that we're obsessed with it. However, the conversation quickly devolved into basically just a general BS session. But that's okay, because if you're anything like me, then uh, a lot of times on podcasts, the uh, BS sessions are oftentimes my favorite podcast. So I thought we had a pretty good, enjoyable conversation. We're going to get back on track here in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, look for a turkey season recap to be coming and a, a lot of more, a lot of interesting things to come down the pot. I promise you guys, once again, I'm going to do my absolute best to be more consistent on releasing episodes and, uh, yeah, I'm going to grow up and be responsible. Anyway, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. So even though we're uh, just bullshitting, I'm going to go ahead and hit record because I think we're missing some pretty good yeah. conversation that we yeah. <laughs> So on that note, speaking of, speaking of bison, <laughs> um, one thing that's been on my mind, I need to ask Jeremy French about, was did you see that article that he posted on Facebook about how they've um, basically established that like, there are no 100% genetically pure buffalo anymore, that they all have some like bovine. bovine genetics? No, I didn't see that. It's kind of sad, but on the other hand, that makes me wonder, like, because you know, when it comes to animals... For two different species to be able to interbreed and have viable offspring, they have to have their common ancestor has to be you know close enough mm-hmm. within a certain degree for yeah. them to be able to produce viable offspring. So that makes like because I think um what is it they call them pizzly bears or growler bears or yeah. whatever I think they can actually produce viable offspring. Yeah, and it just makes me wonder like at what point in time where is the common ancestor between the modern cow and the buffalo that gets them so yeah. close that they can yeah because cattle like they don't even descend they're not descended from something that even exists on this continent right yeah huh? they're from asia or something yeah aren't they? they're like domesticated from something from asia i think i think the common, i think it's I'm, I'm probably wrong on this but i'm i know i've heard about the oryx being the oh i think it's o-r-y-x being mm-hmm. tied into that oh yeah somehow yeah yeah I don't know. yeah that's interesting i mean i suppose whatever the whatever the American bison descended from probably walked over here from Asia too, I guess. 
I don't know. They say that a lot of animals. I like how two like non-biology educated people are sitting here having a yeah, biology. right. Well, right. you know, as a matter of fact, um, let's spend the next hour completely talking about <laughs> stuff we know nothing about. Yeah. Well, they say that a lot of animals actually start, you know, actually started in North America mm-hmm. and um, you know migrated across the land bridge mm-hmm. over into Europe. Uh, I think camels. I think they say camels started. In oh, North yeah. America. Evolved in North America. Yeah, now we don't have them here, and they're over, you know, in the yeah. sands of the Middle East. Yeah. Well, I think the horse, when when the Spanish brought horses here, that was the reintroduction of horses yeah. to North America, right? Because horses evolved here, walked over to, like, Eastern Asia. Yeah. And then died here, like, died out in North America. Yeah. Then were taken to Europe domesticated, taken to Europe, and then the Spanish put them on boats and brought them back to North America. If I'm not mistaken, I know I heard somewhere, I don't remember where this was, I was listening, this is, this is going to be the most terrible way to back up what I'm about to say, but I was listening <laughs> to a podcast, I was listening to a podcast, and the fellow on the podcast was uh, mentioning that certain, um, certain Native American tribes, when the Spanish brought the horses back over and they were being reintroduced, mm-hmm. That they that they were saying that their elders or whatever had um, passed down oral legends of and horses. traditions of yeah, yeah of horses. So it's hmm. kind of like there was like a cultural memory, I guess. Of horse. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Anyway, so how you been? Good. Good. Busy. <laughs> Busy with yeah. your um, familial obligations. All the time. Yeah. It's very very busy. Briefly, have you, because um, I know we hunted together yeah. one day on one of the probably most superb weather conditioned days that yeah. we've, we've ever been out after turkeys, but have you, um, how many times have you, have you got, we're not going to get too in depth because we're going to do a recap episode, Yeah. but how many, uh, how many times have you gotten out and do you think you'll be, next weekend's it, man, you think you'll be able to get out of Yeah, here? Yeah, it's not looking good. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so I've been out. So I spent one whole solid weekend, like, you know, camped and, and hunted sun up, sun down for one solid weekend. And then I hand, I hunted the day with you. Yeah. And I haven't been, I haven't been back out, but turkey season is, which this is here, you know, launch excuse number one here. Turkey season <laughs> is tough. Um, cause Easter, Mother's Day and both my kids' birthdays all fall in turkey season. Yeah. But the kids' birthdays are just far enough apart that we can't celebrate them on the same weekend. Yeah. So I wind up losing two, two weekends. weekends and a weekend, well, not a whole weekend, but part of a weekend of Easter and part of a weekend of Mother's Day. So that's that makes it tough. Do you think there's any way you could sell the kids on lot moving both their birthdays to one day after turkey season? You think they, you think they, you I've, think they would go for that? I've started, I've started laying the seeds about celebrating their birthdays by going turkey hunting. Aha. I think that's going to be my solution. That would be... Be like, yeah, it's your birthday. Let's go turkey hunting. And then, you know, they'll feel like we're... This is going to be great. This is all about them. Yeah. So it's nothing to do with the fact that dad wants to go turkey hunting. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's... um, Another reason that I think was in the back of my mind when I asked you to start doing the podcast with me was you mentioned that this is the first thing... If I'm... This is the first time we've recorded since we did the uh, Southern Grasslands episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And see, I was 
my my mind, I was wanting to put them out every other week. But um, yeah, speaking of obligations, man, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to touch on a little bit. Is I realized when you sent me a message last week, it's like we need to record. Mm-hmm. When turkey season hits, dude, I go all, I mean, pardon my language, I just go all to shit. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm literally just like, that's all I can think about. Yeah. And I've actually been, like, I wasn't just like blowing smoke when I told you I've been thinking about it. I have been thinking about it for the past probably two or three weeks, but literally as far as it's gotten in my mind is, need to do something with the podcast. Yeah. And then I just kind of veer back off yeah. into thinking about. Turkey season. <laughs> yeah, thinking about turkey season again. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's worse is, uh, if I'm not careful, we've, uh, for the listener, we've got, this is what, the 7th of May? Is that today? Yeah. yeah. Today's the 7th. So we got this weekend and next weekend for turkey season left. And if you guys remember on the last episode I recorded, I said one of my biggest fears was getting them all in way mm-hmm. for turkey season. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid I've put out a self-fulfilling prophecy because yeah. I've already um I'll get into more detail about it on the turkey recap episode, but yeah, definitely. I've already screwed one up, yeah. probably two up. And I think a lot of that's just been sheer anticipation of what, yeah. was, what was happening. Yeah. You've, uh, I think you've gotten your own head. Yeah, I know I have, and that's, yeah. just, that's the sad thing. It's like, I'm almost like a, I'm almost like my own Batman villain, man, because I keep like, I keep thinking, <laughs> I keep thinking myself in circles to the point where I don't even like, I get my own way. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's pretty wild. But yeah, I was thinking about that. and So apparent, clearly, you're much be- much better at delegating or at least like um, prioritizing mm. your familiar, familial obligations mm. than I am. Because yeah. I just... We, <laughs> fi- we finally hold this room back here. You almost... This is terrible. I hate to admit it. I've got a sunroom sitting behind me. We had so much recycling in there that we had to haul off that you almost couldn't see. Yeah. Out to the day. We finally got that done today. Yeah. But I've just been neglecting that just because I'm like, well, I can't. I got to go turkey hunting. Yeah, I got to go turkey hunting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, what you know, I think uh, being really good at prioritizing uh, my familial responsibilities makes me a good dad and a good husband, but maybe not a great turkey hunter sometimes. Because <laughs> there are definitely, there's been days where I've been like, pushing the mower or taking the kid somewhere to go do something and looking around me like this would be a heck of a day to be turkey hunting. Yeah. But, you know. This season's been, I don't want to say it's been bad, but it's been like, this has been one of the seasons where it seems like the majority of the days that would be, you know, stereotypically speaking, classically good for turkey hunting Mm -hmm. have been the days I've not been able to go turkey hunting. Yeah. And every other time there's been like a cold front come through and it's been cold and rainy. And I know you can kill them when it's cold and rainy, but... It's definitely harder. Yeah. Classically, man, you want like a nice, clear, sunny day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to... Moving forward, I'm going to make uh, effort to prior like dedicate more time to the turkey hunting because uh, this this season has shown me that if I <laughs> if I if I don't if I don't set aside the time then it something you know the time becomes yeah. something else which I mean that's just the stage of life that I'm in but yeah I definitely need to uh, try to next year I think I'm gonna try really hard to block out some time and say this is 
turkey hunting time. So. Yeah, I believe next year, I think what I'm going to do, um, I think I'm going to take like a solid week, maybe the third, probably the third week in April, and I'm just going to take like the whole week off. Because in the past, when I've taken a day or two off here and there, like usually what I was doing was taking like a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday and Sunday, and that seems to be like whenever I do that, that's the time that the weather gets crappy and then I get to go back to work and weather clears up good. So I'm thinking, hopefully, knock on wood, if I get that third week of April, they should be fired up and surely in a seven-day block of time, I can find a couple of a couple mm-hmm. of three yeah. good days. Yeah. But it's a lot harder for you, man, because you got like, you got a kid, you got wife and two kids and mm. I'm neglect, I, I neglect my duties and I've got a wife and two cats and that's <laughs> and I feel like like today I was going around picking the house up before you come over to record and I was like man I should have done had this done I need to clean the front porch the yard you mentioned mowing the yards earlier man and I wish dude if I could take if I could get one of those do not mow habitat signs and just put it in the front yard mm-hmm. and never mow my yard again yeah I'd be happy yeah I'd be on board with that yeah yep yeah I'm gonna get yeah one of those uh, certified wildlife habitat signs and they're like, yeah, I'm totally doing that on purpose. I'm not just not mowing. It's wildlife habitat. Yeah, we're saving the we're saving the uh, yeah saving the bees and the butterflies, yeah. pollinators, the, uh, the white winged warbler. Yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. I don't get this crazy with deer season though, because something. I mean, I like deer hunting, but something comes up during deer season. I'm like, eh. I guess well, we can do it. Deer season's also like eleven and a half months long in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's very true. It's like. It's like it's like a week in March when you can't yeah, deer hunt pretty, pretty much. Yeah, because you got the. Um, I never really thought about it like that yeah. because we've got the private land only velvet antler hunt in August, yeah. which I'm not a huge fan of because I mean I'm not saying I'm not a huge fan that I think they should get rid of the hunt. If you want to hunt that hunt, that's fine, but I definitely won't. I'm not interested enough in having velvet antlers on the wall. To take the chance on hunting in it because man, it's August in Tennessee, dude. It's miserable. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Opening day of archery season is yeah, it's hot usually pretty stuff. bad. Like, yeah, I've I've hunted opening day of archery season the last two years, and then the year not the year before that, but the year before that, and uh, just sat and sweated. I mean, it's hot. Yeah. You ever think about like? Because I often think about this, especially in early archery season. I'm like, man, you just like really just you just luck of the draw on scent control mm-hmm. on, during early archery season. Because yeah. I mean, you're, you're oh, you sweating. just yeah, you just, just sweat it all off. Just, yeah, immediately. Yeah, that's just what's going on. <laughs> so, um, I'd like to interject a completely unrelated kind of thought that I had on the way here. I love unrelated um, thoughts. I feel like this I feel like this podcast is quickly devolving into just kind of a BS session, so well, I'm just gonna steer into the skid. Um <laughs> so in any group of like any group of people you have like specialization. People that are good, you know, at some part of some task. Okay. At what point in time in human evolution do you think that began. At some point in time, we were all 
at you know all human beings were at the evolutionary point of just being the same basically like yeah. we were all about the same at everything but at some point in time somebody got really good at making arrowheads or somebody got really good at finding a certain kind of berry and somebody you know like when do, when do you think that started like what level of intelligence do you think we had to get to before we started being like good at specific things and then on top of that, like related to that do you think like in a in a flock of turkeys do you think there's a turkey who's really good at like spotting danger and do you think there's a turkey who's really good at finding a certain kind of plant when it pops up and they all just follow you know Mary or whoever it is and oh yeah follow Mary she knows when to find this shirt certain green shoot when it pops up or do you think they're all just pretty much the same at everything I don't know it's two good questions and I like how they're almost completely not related but they are related that's that's great <laughs> um, to answer your first one I'm not exactly sure because I've touched on this before in some other episodes I know the big bad word in the hunting community is uh, well, anthropomorphism when yeah. you start. But to me, regardless of what source you think we came from, uh, whatever you think created us and put us here on this earth, whether natural means or divine being, whatever it is, we still, it's undeniable that we all came from the same thing. So to say that humans... To say the animals don't have any of the similar like cognitive processing abilities and way to look at things, to me, I think is a little... I don't know if it's like being willingly ignorant or being naive on purpose or what. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm by no means saying that animals process things the same way humans do because a grizzly bear, at the end of the day, is still a grizzly bear. A boar grizzly bear is still going to kill you know, cubs and try to get that sow to come back in the heat just because that's the nature of the grizzly bear. But for, to say that, like, there's not some overlapping mm-hmm. in cognitive processes and how they evaluate situations, I feel like is a little, uh, a little kind of like lying to yourself. Yeah. On that note, as far as, like, humans becoming specialists, I don't know at what point in time in evolutionary history I think that would have occurred, but I guarantee you it would have coincided with the point in time. Had, it had to have been somewhere around full self-awareness and somebody somewhere had to have done one thing that the other people were like, holy shit, look how cool that was. Yeah. And then everybody was like, talking about how cool this one thing this guy was doing was. Yeah. And he just like took it and rolled with it. And yeah. I'd say it just kind of blossomed, yeah. blossomed from there. I think it had to come with some level of like it had to, you had they had to achieve some level of like comfort and stability before any specialization, like any specialization, could occur. Because if you're just simply surviving, like actually just checking the boxes of not dying, then you you don't have the like men, like mental bandwidth you don't have the time that it takes to then be good at anything you're just simply surviving so i think it had to come with some level of like there had to be some cultural knowledge of of that created some stability and some kind of like uh, 
uh, com- like com- you know whatever their version of comfort was right before you could end up with yeah but I think you're probably right I think it was somebody just somebody did, did something, something new. that was like holy shit that's awesome yeah there was yeah. new and it was exciting and everybody was like oh boy look at that yeah you know it's probably the same time that we started um, talking about witches and wizards and magical powers and stuff somebody did something that were just blew somebody else's yeah. mind that's yeah never seen that before it's obviously magic it might have even been something along the lines of like one of the first people to come up that might have been just a little bit more intelligent than mm-hmm. everybody else and so he was they I say he they mm-hmm. um, they were able to do something that like made perfect sense to them but it just like everybody else was just a touch more primitive mm-hmm. than mine and so it just like kind of like blew their mind yeah and then maybe it just kind of blossomed from there and he started going around being like, dude, if you can do this, man, you just everybody will follow you and yeah. do, you know, exactly what you say because they're yeah. just blown away by what you're doing. Yeah. Interestingly though, not to cut you off, but I listened to an audio book, I guess it was last year. It was um I don't I think it was Dan Lieberman, I'm wanting to say was the author's name. Mm-hmm. But it was the, the the book was about exercise, and it was you know how why why something we evolved to hate is so healthfully beneficial. Mm-hmm. But that's a long winded way of saying he spent a lot of time with a lot of the uh, 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 some of the last um, true hunter gatherer groups in like Africa and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think as a society and a culture, especially Westerners, we have this mental idea that like. Our ancestors and even modern hunters and gatherers are like just surviving. But if you listen to his accounts of like spending time with them, mm-hmm. they're pretty. I mean, they're pretty comfortable. Like mm-hmm. they go, they go out and forage for tubers and roots for a couple hours a day, and the men would go off and get you know honey, and maybe once or twice a week they would kill something, mm-hmm. and the whole tribe would eat off that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was just there was a lot of like basically just sitting around BS oh, in, in, in the downtime, yeah. yeah. And they were. Um, they're just incredibly happy with that, and apparently a lot of the and apparently the longevity is actually pretty good. There's this idea that these hunter gatherer groups don't live to old age, mm-hmm. and apparently that's like if they apparently it's untrue if an individual makes it past adolescence. Apparently mm-hmm. they're extremely healthy once they get past adolescence, and it's not uncommon yeah. for them to live into their seventies or eighties. Yeah, and even going one step further, there's not a lot of decrepitude. In these cultures, either apparently they'll just like live to an old age, and then just they're done. And there's not a lot of feeble, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's not a slow decline yeah, over exactly. decades. It's like they're sailing, they're great, everything's fine, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Which would be a, be a way to go, I think. Oh yeah, I'd rather be, be yeah going. To yeah, I'd rather minute. I'd rather be healthy as an ox and and running, you know, active and doing great at at eighty. And then dead the next day. Yeah. Rather than to see it coming for 20 years. Yeah. And like, you know, that would be much better, I think. Even if I could, even if I could decline slowly over decades and live longer, like outlive, like live to be 90 or 100. Yeah. I would still choose the one where I had, where I was healthier and died at, you know, healthy into old age and died at a younger age rather than to be. Live very very long, but be decrepit for, be decrepit for four decades years, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
Still yeah. going back to turkeys. Right. I was going to say, you want to put us back on the rails here? Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question, man. And I don't know because they're definitely... There's definitely turkey behaviors, I think, that are like a generalization, like a general, like generally turkeys do this, but there's also a lot, and of course maybe this is anthropomorphizing or pomorphizing, um, but it definitely seems like there's certain turkeys that like do things because like differently, especially when it comes to the males, because you got some that will just gobble their head off, Mm -hmm. and you got some you'll be out there and you won't even know they'll come in completely silent. Mm. Or you got some that'll come in there and uh, you won't know they're there until you hear them like drumming and spitting and turn around. So that would kind of lead me to think that there probably are, I don't know, I don't know if they get the rest of the turkeys to kind of follow their lead or mm. if there's just enough diversity in behavior that like it keeps it, keeps it spread out enough to where it doesn't like, they don't all fall into one pattern where everybody just wipes the whole species out because yeah. they're all so predictable yeah yeah i don't know yeah i mean if they all acted the exact same way and and behaved in exactly the same way then it would yeah you wouldn't think they would make it very long i do know it's interesting that um and this this might just be in my head but there was a um my absolute favorite wma here in uh knoxville i was hunting i've hunted twice this year and the first i hunted on Open morning, because I've never seen a hunter out there. I've seen a lot of recreational users, but not a hunter. And of course, I go on open morning, and there's three trucks there and three guys moving in. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I managed to call a hen in in this area that on open morning, and we had like a little uh, like cussing match back and forth where she mm-hmm. was cutting and yelping, and I was cutting and yelping, and finally she went off on her own way. Well, a couple weeks later, I only had a few hours to hunt. Oh, I had a doctor's appointment. I remember now. Is mm-hmm. I had a doctor's appointment at noon, so I'm like, I'll sneak off for two or three hours to the turkey woods before my doctor's appointment. And I did. And I hunted around and uh, went through some woods that a man should not, no animal should go through. And I found, I, in the middle of these woods, I'll tell you this real quick, and then we'll get back on track. I had a bright idea. There was a section of woods where I, there, I was sitting in a clearing, and there was a section of woods behind me, and then a field behind me, mm-hmm. behind that. I thought, I'll just beeline down here through, straight through the woods and come out in that field. Man, this stuff was thick. And you could tell animals and critters, probably deer and stuff had been in there, because you could see kind of like little tunnels through the mm-hmm. briars. But I found one opening in this thick stuff, and there was like trees laid down, and the grass was pretty low, and it's just briar thick. It's 360 degrees around me. What few openings there were getting into this thicket were like, you know, waist high. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this thicket, there's an open, empty can of bang energy drink. <laughs> and I'm looking at this thing thinking to myself, I don't know what, uh, I'm hoping an animal, maybe like a coyote or something, or found it and like carried it into the thicket because yeah. if somebody got in there to drink that... There was, there was some serious work involved in getting back into this area because it was not there was no easy way in and out. But anyway, maybe they went in there, and then they were like, "I gotta get some energy. I gotta have some energy to if get I'm gonna get out, out of here." Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Could "I'm just been. gonna chug this bang and then get back out of here." It was it was it was rough. Yeah. But um, anyway, I, I finally make it to the field, and I'm sitting up in that field, and I'm getting ready to move to another area. 
because I was working my way back to the Jeep. And I go to stand up from underneath this tree, and I see about 150 yards on the other side of the field a turkey. So I sit down real quick and look at, look at it through my binos, and it's a hen. And where this hen is at is roughly, as the crow flies, probably 50 yards from where I called in the hen on opening morning. Hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking it's the same hen, mm-hmm. and that's just her area. But for whatever reason, I sit down, and I let out a couple of yelps. And I'm thinking that she probably already had a nest and didn't want to be bothered. But the behavior, whether this was the same hen or not, I don't know. But the behavior was completely different than it was opening morning because hmm. she was combative opening morning like hmm. I was in her territory. Hmm. This time, when I yelped, I watched. I was watching her through my binoculars as I did it. She went over to the tall grass and hit the ground and craned her neck up mm-hmm. and started looking around for whatever other turkey was out there. Yeah. And at that point, I just shut up. And she stayed like that probably for a solid 10 minutes hmm. before she got up and just started feeding mm-hmm. feeding around again. And I thought that was really uh, really interesting. I, and I, I don't know if... I guess it could... I guess instead of a nest, maybe it could be that she had so many encounters with other people using turkey calls out there. Yeah. But I really don't... My gut tells me that that's not what was going on because I just, I don't, like I said, with the exception of open morning, man, I've just not ever seen that many other hunters out yeah. there. So, hmm. but that's my little behavioral anecdotes yeah. as far as that goes. Hmm. Um, I think we're getting dangerously close to doing a turkey season recap here. We are. We are kind of, <laughs> but, um, Dangerously close. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to wait now was because obviously your wife Leah mm-hmm. went on her first turkey hunt, and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to get her yeah. thoughts and impressions. Now I can already tell, unless there's something you've not told me, which is fine. I, I respect the sanctity of someone else's marriage, but clearly she didn't go and get as eat up with it as I anticipate. Everybody who hunts for the first time. Is gonna be because I've, you've not said anything about her just itching and dying to go, like chomping at the bit to go back. So, yeah, I think I think she probably will. Like she said, she would go again. Yeah, but uh, I'm not sure that she's it on didn't. fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like, like to me, in my mind, I just I find it hard to fathom somebody going turkey hunting for the first time, and especially hearing. Mm-hmm. a gobble yeah. and not being like a toddler eating ice cream for the first time and just completely obsessed with it yeah yeah but yeah uh, I mean she, she had a good time she said she enjoyed it um, but I don't know that it's gonna be an obsession yeah <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that uh, she's gonna do like what I did today and go see my mother for Mother's Day a day early so that I could take the better day of turkey season turkey hunting and go <laughs> Go kill a day in the woods tomorrow. I mean, I love you, Mom. I just come out. I just wanted to come. Yeah, just wanted to. Just yeah, wanted just to couldn't wait. Just, just couldn't, couldn't I'm wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, we'll see. I don't. We'll, we'll see how it blossoms. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see that level of enthusiasm <laughs> yet. We'll see. Maybe it'll grow. Yeah. I don't know. And the other reason I was tentatively wanting to wait on the recap is because we got two more. Yeah. It's so close to the end now. Yeah. we got two more. Yeah. Yeah. But I just told on myself an example of how I rearranged my entire life to 
accommodate for turkey hunting. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. What was it? Um. Yeah, we were. Uh, I don't know. I do stuff like that all the time. I reschedule. Yeah. I just reschedule things. Yeah. Around when when I'm trying to go when I'm trying to go turkey hunting. Which is uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think sometimes it gets under my wife's got stuff she wants to do and I'm sure it gets under her skin mm-hmm. occasionally when I'm trying to be like well let's just wait and yeah. do it uh, you know when it starts getting hot and humid at the end of May after right. turkey season's over yeah 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 once it's uh, once Tennessee becomes the surface of the sun we'll just go do all these outdoor activities yeah it'll be fun planned. it'll be great yeah yeah hmm what who was that fella? That uh, that that bust I have there on the uh. Yeah. Well, interesting story about that. <laughs> My wife procured that long before we were uh, long before I met her, before we were married, and she got it because she was under the impression that it was Zeus. Mm. Come to find out, apparently it's supposed to be Moses. <laughs> 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 Completely different. Uh, yeah. Completely yep. different. <laughs> but, so I don't know if you would call that Zosus. Zosus. Or Mozus. Or, or, <laughs> however Mo-Zeus. you want to. Mos- <laughs> oh. oh, I don't even think we can see the rails anymore. No. We're so far off. The, that's, I'm not even sure. But, uh, I don't know, man. We touched. Yeah. Really, I was just, uh, really, when you reminded me that we needed to record a podcast, and I completely agreed. I wanted to, um, I just wanted to kind of touch base on like rearranging mm-hmm. our lives, yeah. our lives for honey. I used to kind of do that for, um, I hate to admit it, I was never, I was never an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but I used to kind of do it a little bit with beer because mm-hmm. I get so excited about drinking on the weekends and I'd be like, well, I got to be home by two or three yeah. o'clock on Saturday, so. Yeah. But I don't really, I don't, yeah. Let me plan all my activities around being able to drink. Yeah, when I did that, or when I realized I was doing that, I kind of dialed yeah. it back yeah. a little bit. Like, yeah, it might, might be time to cut her down, yeah. cut her down a hair. I had a similar experience. Um, I know when you were, when you threw out the idea of kind of talking about um, how, you know, how hunting had, you know, altered yeah. your interaction with things or altered your, you know, altered your priorities or whatever I know the first thing that came to mind for me was um, it used to be I'd like look out on some beautiful view or some you know go up to an overlook and like you know look out on this beautiful scenery or whatever and you just think oh man that's so pretty look at the sunrise look at the beautiful trees look at the topography whatever and now all I can think is like I'm looking across at some hillside that's three miles away or you know driving up the interstate and looking at some big mountain off in the distance you know i'm thinking i wonder what critters are running around up there i wonder what they're doing i wonder how i would go up there and figure out what they're doing and and i never thought that way like i never found myself thinking that way and then and then now it's like i need to figure out how to get up there and go figure out what's running around up there and how i'm going to get after how i'm going to get after it yeah and i think that's an interesting Interesting kind of a paradigm shift to, to think about things that way. I had a, um, it's funny you mentioned that because earlier this week and in the last week I was delivering, um, you know, my day job 
I'm a steel truck driver. I deliver steel. And I was headed to um, <clears throat> Menville, Tennessee, coming from the eastern part of the state. Anyway, there's a there's one place where the road you take to get up there is like you kind of crest a ridge. And when you start to go back down, you can see like, I think it's, I'm wanting to say it, it's a river valley. It's not the Tennessee River Valley. I think it's the Sequatchie River, river Valley mainly. But you can see like way down in the valley, and then you can see like the sides of the plateau, and you can kind of see how the plateau like opens up. And but yeah, I had the almost exact same thing. I was looking at it like thinking like how many like turkey and deer and just stuff is just running within what I can see. Mm -hmm. But then interest interestingly, I never really I've thought about this before, but it never really clicked. I think until me and you went up to the um, up to the North Cumberland. Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago and I started thinking like you look at these grand vi vistas and you're kind of like man there's so much land there and mm -hmm. it's got to be you know the grass is always greener type thing yeah. right? it's got to be good hunting but then I started thinking I was like how much of that is actually like <clears throat> good productive yeah good productive habitat because yeah. a lot of that's just going to be like might be good productive habitat for a rattlesnake because it's just going to be <laughs> steep rocks yeah. and stuff but yeah. as far as like actual sustainable population of yeah. Anything huntable? I, I wonder. I wonder. If, I wonder. A. If anybody's ever studied that, and B. Like, how you would go about quantifying like what percentage of land is usable versus what's just like there. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure the, the acreage is at least bare minimum up there in North Cumberland anyway. Bare minimum the acreage is in the thousands, of mm -hmm. where it's just people like there's just nothing. You can't really do mm -hmm. anything unless you're. You know, maybe repelling if you're a rock yeah. climber or something. Yeah. You can do some stuff up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big area. You know, it's there's a lot of space up there. Um, but I think I think a lot of it is not, you know, not highly productive. I think it's, um, I mean, a lot of it is just very, very steep. Um, and it's just, I mean, you go up there and you, I mean, you walk for days up there and not find a single piece of sign, you know. And uh, there's lots of space, but I'm not sure that it's, you know, I'm not sure that you're not just going to like, you're not, I don't go up there and bump deer constantly. Yeah. You know, so it's like. Yeah, know. it's a, it's a, it's a unique area for sure. Yeah. I know I was surprised on that one. Here we go. Getting dangerous so close to a recap again. Yeah. But I know, I know I was surprised in that one area we, we walked through where um, the roads were so tore up from the side-by-sides and the off-road vehicles that, like, you didn't want to walk through it on foot because it was just mud and, yeah. 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 I don't know, I was, I was constantly surprised. But I noticed a little bit, too, I guess it started, I guess that realization really started when we went on that uh, heavy air quotes here, bear hunt a couple <laughs> <of> years ago. <laughs> and, like, because, and I think you mentioned this once before, like, in my mind, when I thought about hunting in the Smoky Mountains, I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be like a lot. I'm sure there, I knew there was going to be some steep stuff, but I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be like a lot of wide, open, old growth timber mm -hmm. where you could just see for at least, you know, 50, 100 yards or so. Yeah. And I get there, and it's just all like, yeah, there's some big old growth trees, but then there's six, seven foot tall, nothing but rhododendron, mountain laurel, whatever, whatever every, you want. Every yeah. direction. Yeah. And it's almost like, it, claustrophobic to a point yeah. in a lot of places yeah well there was one point where we spent hours walking back and forth trying to figure out how to get off the trail 
Yeah. Because the rhododendron on the side of the trails was so thick you couldn't get through it. Yeah. And we're like looking, just looking for a break in the rhododendron somewhere yeah. to get off the trail, just to get off the trail. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's not what, when I went up there, that's not. Yeah, definitely. You know, which we didn't, we, we weren't in a position to do any scouting beforehand. We just kind of went, you know. Yeah. But not what I expected. I, I was expecting, like you were saying, I was expecting to be just walking through open, kind of very little understory, you know, open forest, um, looking for sign, looking, you know, that sort of thing. I did not expect to be, <laughs> I did not expect to spend a, an entire weekend fighting rhododendron. Yeah, that was, that was wild for yeah. sure. And the only places where the rhododendron wasn't growing, was so steep you couldn't walk it. Yeah. Yeah. There were, um, of course, in my mind, there, there was one place up there that I was on my way to check out that I never actually made it to. That, of course, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, that was it. That was, that, that was, that the, was the spot we should have The one I didn't go at. to. Yeah. That was the one. That was it. But uh, I would like to go back up there one day. But I definitely want to go back up there when I got some time to time to dedicate yeah. to it yeah I think if you could go up there and um, take a light you know carry a light pack walk a lot and camp for a week and just hunt sun yeah. up to sundown for a week and no, you know I think you could get something done I mean there's a bear there somewhere yeah there's, you know speaking of that <laughs> speaking of bears I'm a I don't know. I don't know how much I should mention here, but I'm pretty excited because one of my favorite WMAs. They are. I don't, have you seen this? Where they're talking about opening up. Yeah, you told me about for it. bears for during archery season. Yeah. I'm pretty. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about that, and they're also talking about. It used to be at this particular WMA that if you got a deer there on the draw hunt that it counted as a bonus deer so it did not count against your state bag limit. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about changing that where it does count against your state bag limit, which a lot of people from what I'm seeing online aren't very happy about and they're saying that they're never going to hunt in there again if they do that, which to me is awesome and I now hope they do that and I'm like, please, it's a terrible place to hunt. You should never come in here again. Stay far, far, far away. Yeah, I'm pretty... uh, pretty excited about that i hope it i hope it comes to fruition yeah yeah they can all if they all stay home that'd be great and the archery hunts up there are open anyway so it would be it'd be cool to go up there the archery hunts in that particular wma are the only time you're you're allowed to get a uh i think it's either six Hmm. up there Mm -hmm. so that would um yeah i'd like to go up there i'm probably not going to be able to um I got some sad news for everybody. It it appears that I'm gonna to have to have my gallbladder removed, hmm. and uh, so that's gonna kill me on time off from work this year. <laughs> so I'm probably not gonna get any deer hunting camping trips in, but because uh, I want to go back up there to that WMA and my archery hunt. But anyway, <laughs> uh, quick question. Yes. What's a gallbladder? <laughs> <laughs> And, and do you need it? <laughs> um, you do not need it. A gallbladder, I'm, I want to explain it the same way the surgeon explained it to me. Your liver produces bile, which yeah. digests food. Yeah. A gallbladder is essentially your body's Tupperware container for bile so that you have an extra storage unit of bile. 
And I guess when you eat a lot of greasy... That's <laughs> what he said. That's exactly what he said. He's like a Tupperware. This guy's a surgeon? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was young, too. He couldn't have been... He was young. He was very... He was Doogie Howser-esque. Oh, boy. Young. In my mind. Of course, now I also realize I'm getting to the age now where anybody younger than me, I have a real hard time telling yeah. if, you know... I don't know if they're 30 or if they're 15 yeah. anymore. But, yeah, he said, you know, when you start... Apparently, when you start... Um, Like if you eat a lot of greasy, fatty foods, mm. your bile, your gallbladder like, releases that excess bile to help you digest it. And apparently, your liver supposedly can function perfectly without it. You just don't have that Tupperware mm. stuff in reserve. But uh, yeah, I used to be. Uh, I talk about this pretty openly. I used to be morbidly obese, I guess, when I was in high school. Mm. And he said that. Um, he said that was real common for well. First off, thanks mom and dad because both of them had got bad gallbladders and they had it removed. He said it was hereditary, mm-hmm. and he also said losing a lot of weight could contribute to it because apparently, I've got gallstones, which are basically like hard bile rocks mm. in my gallbladder, and apparently they're primarily composed of cholesterol and bile. And so, if you lose a lot of weight, it frees up all the cholesterol that was formerly stored as fat in your body, and it can cause hmm. formation. Gallstones. So what you're saying is never lose weight. Yes, Ever. never. Just keep getting bigger. Forever. Okay, cool. <laughs> but uh, and you, don't don't store rocks in your Tupperware. Yeah, don't don't store rocks. In your, if you think that was funny, the gastroenterologist who's separate from the surgeon. First off, they just randomly scheduled me for a surgery consultation. Like they never. Like, I got an email. I said you have new stuff in your patient portal, and this is on a Monday. Now, I wasn't able to check it till I got home. When I checked it when I got home, I had a I had a message that said they'd scheduled me for a consultation on Thursday with the doctor at two fifteen. But nobody ever called me and told me anything <laughs> that was going on. They were just like, Here's your surgeon you're gonna to talk to you. I'm like, they didn't tell me I had an idea that it was about that. But they never actually called me, so I finally got a hold of them. And when I got a hold of them, I guess the official doctor diagnosis that they gave me was they said, "quote Your gallbladder is yucky." <laughs> so, so I guess I guess uh, I guess when your Tupperware gets yucky with rocks, you got to get it. You got to get it yanked out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yucky. <laughs> she said, oh. "Yeah, honey, your your gallbladder's yucky. It needs to it needs to come out." Oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> Crack team of high qualified or highly qualified medical professionals. Yes, top of the best of the best. You got yucky Tupperware. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, which actually kind of a I won't get into that, but yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm hoping I build up enough. Because I really want to do a camping trip for turkey season next year. So I'm hoping by the time I get this thing yanked out and enough time passes, I'll have built up enough mm-hmm. PTO time to do a turkey camping trip. Because yeah. I'm going to dedicate some like I want to go somewhere for like a week and dedicate some serious like time to mm-hmm. trying to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. Heck yeah. Are we, um, are we still, because you mentioned something about tentatively trying to plot a... Uh, Western hunt sometime, sometime yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, so. Yeah, I think the schedule probably will be 
have to be a couple a couple of years from now probably. Yeah, um, it's perfect. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and start buying points and trying to get get a get some. I think probably pronghorn will be the thing to do. That's like entry level yeah. Western hunt. Um, you know, and hopefully it doesn't. Well, I'm gonna say not not hopefully, but um, the last time I tried to plan a pronghorn hunt, it became a caribou hunt in Alaska. <laughs> so hopefully that won't happen twice. Well, I have um, if it's any consolation, I literally just opened a savings account for out of state hunts, and I don't think. If we're, if we're going to try to look at the next couple of years, I definitely don't think it's going to be Alaska level no. <laughs> <laughs> saved up by then. So I don't yeah. I don't believe you have to worry about yeah. about that. Yeah, pronghorn would be be great. That's something I've looked at anyway. Plus, I think you can get a um, we can get a doe pronghorn tag for like relatively dirt cheap compared to yeah. the regular tags. Yeah, yeah, I've looked. It's 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 definitely one of the lesser you know least expensive ways to go western hunting for yeah. sure um yeah i'd like to yeah, my, my my hope would be drive you know just so you're not um trying to find gear and you know you're yeah not, you can pack a bunch of food from the you know go to the grocery store and pack a bunch of food and you're not trying to buy all a bunch of food when you get there and do all that stuff and just uh camp on public somewhere so you're not you know maybe do a hotel the first night and the last night just to kind of yeah. Be, uh, be able to get settled when you get there, and then, and then clean up and pack, repack everything when you get done or whatever. But, um, yeah, camp on public, keep the whole thing simple. Uh, not, not you know, try not to buy a bunch of trespass passes. You know, yeah. Not try to, you know, don't go with an outfit or don't do anything. Try to keep it as low buck as possible because, you know, that's can get out of hand fast. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, um... I'd rather... I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of a... And maybe... Maybe one day... I don't know. Maybe if I went with a guy, I'd have a different opinion. But I'm kind of... I'm kind of hung up on doing stuff. Figuring yeah. stuff out and doing stuff on my own anyway. I've got to... Yeah. I guess low self-esteem leads me to try to prove myself to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... I think it seems like... Um, this, the... I think if you're going to do something... It seems to me like if you're going to do something that's um, got a high, lo- like a, a steep learning curve, I think maybe the ticket is like the semi-guided trips yeah. where um, you you function out of a base camp and they, they kind of point you in the direction of a likely area and then you go out and do the actual hunting yourself. Yeah. Um, that seems like kind of the sweet spot because then you've got some kind of local knowledge um and you and they deal with a lot of the logistics of like you don't you're not trying to pack a camp out there with you you're not trying to figure out where can I camp where can I where can this and, you know pack a bunch of food and cooking meals and stuff like that um, they they're providing a base camp but you don't have somebody holding your hand leading you to the tree right. lean here shoot that yeah you know you're still doing you know you're still getting to figure out some of the some of the details yourself um, but it's taking a lot of the extraneous stuff off yeah. of you where least, you're not at least you know you're in an area where there are animals yeah you I don't think. you don't spend a week figuring out all the logistics yeah you spend a week hunting yeah and that you know it sounds nice yeah that's one of the biggest things that um every year I say I'm gonna do more scouting have it figured out before I go and then one of the biggest things that 
kills me is I end up not doing that and so I, I end up killing a lot of actual hunting time yeah. doing like hunt scouts when I could be yeah. just straight up well I'm in a I'm in a, a stage in my life uh, where I just have it's just a poverty of time I, yeah I don't you know I've got all the enthusiasm that anybody could ever want um, I just have a poverty of time and uh, and there's only so much um, like goodwill <laughs> when when you have two small kids and you're leaving. Oh yeah, you know. And uh, there's only so much, and I don't. I find it hard to burn up the goodwill on scouting. Yeah. Rather than burn up the goodwill on hunting. Yeah. If I'm because... only going to get a certain amount of time to go. Then I'd, exactly. I'd rather do it. You know, I'd rather scout as a hunt. Yeah, which I know is not as efficient. I mean, I know that's the more scouting you can do, the better off you are. But you know, if you only have a certain amount of time, you gotta do with it what you can. Yeah, because in the back of your mind, you can always scout and hunt at the same time. Yeah, but you can't always hunt and scout. At the same, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can hunt while you're scouting yeah. and kill two birds with one stone and have yeah. a chance of getting something. Yeah. Or you can just scout. Yeah, you know when it's off season. Yeah, scout not have any chance. Of season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's absolutely no chance you're going to... Well, I mean, unless you want to do something illegal, which I don't think you do, but... No, you know, I, if, I don't. There's yeah. other folks that do, though. Yeah. You can all, you you can definitely cannot kill something outside of season, but you can scout. Yeah. But if you're scouting in season, then there's a chance you can kill something. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've uh, successfully rambled over a myriad of topics. Yeah. From, uh, that's a... Yeah. <laughs> From a that sentence is doing a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> From all uh, Zosus over there to... I'm leaving that in. Yeah. That's that's great. Zosus. Zosus. Mozus. Moose. Moose? Huh? Moose? Moose. Maybe, yeah. Oh, I like it. Does he get, does he get co-host credits? I guess he I guess he could. Yeah. Heck yeah. Very stern looking. <laughs> <laughs> he, I feel as if he... It's almost like the look he has. Almost, a, it's a look of simultaneously like it's compassion, mm-hmm. judgment, mm-hmm. and disappointment all rolled mm-hmm. into all. Yep. All rolled into one. Yep. I think I found the cover art for this particular episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's going. I'm going to take a picture of him. Flop it on there. Moose implores you to listen to this podcast. <laughs> we'll call it Moose. Rocky Tupperware and Yucky Gobblers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah. Groovy. Maybe next time we pick it up, we'll have a specific. We'll have actually something. I want to get Jeremy back on here to talk about a couple of things, but yeah. yeah. For now, uh, if you folks, uh, yeah, thank you all for uh, for putting up with us for this long. If you stuck with it, so yeah, awesome. All right. <laughs>